Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawksfield at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Talk about government, justice, and what it took away from that class was that you're innocent until proven guilty. Now Wilson looks like he's checking here. Nope, it's a pass. He's got Javante wide open. Javante missed the catch. Walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Denver. For the win, Lutz kicks it on the way, and it is good. The Broncos can celebrate because they have come to Buffalo and upset the Bills by a final score of 24 to 22. Probably not going to have five turnovers and win very many games, especially in the Big Ten. But to have five turnovers and lose by three is uh, is says a lot. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, just to have that game be close versus a talented Maryland team. You know, we want to have fourth quarter shutouts. You know, we, we, we can't give them the ball to 25-yard line no matter how they got it and have a penalty and have a missed assignment that leads to a field goal. So uh, there's a lot of lessons to be learned, but I was proud of the guys, and I'm excited to take them out there this week. They continue to fight each and every week, and more importantly, they get better. And so I'm, I'm proud of where we're headed, and uh, with that, I'll see all the questions you guys have. Good morning, and welcome into Hurt Out Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Lula. Uh, Andrew Rogers, I believe, will be joining me a little bit later. He got into a little bit of a traffic situation, so uh, he's all right uh, and everything. Just uh, he is not quite here yet. Uh, Shane Schillerberg joining me as producer over there. And we are live on AM590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities doing the show live from the Herd at Sports Bar and grill a uh, terrific show for you here today obviously there is a lot of football stuff still to get to um, we're in one of my favorite parts of the year where well we're getting there I love a coaching search so the the coaching carousel is one of my favorite things and I know that these are actual people and their actual jobs and they have families and lives I get that okay And I understand that outside of the head coaches, you know, a lot of the assistants are not as well compensated to not work as the head coaches are. I understand that as well. But the pure drama and speculation and rumors and everything like that about coaching searches, I absolutely love. So I understand there's real people involved, and I also love the drama of it. So let's just get that clear right uh, out of the gate. Obviously, you've got the Texas A&M job that came open over the weekend. Mississippi State's available. And I know you heard the Harbaugh clip there to start the open. I am wondering more and more if the Michigan job ends up open as well. I know Andrew's got some thoughts on the Harbaugh suspension, so I'll leave him some room there uh, once he gets here. But I also feel like... I need to address kind of that clip there from Coach Harbaugh because uh, this is a very common misconception among uh, just all people, I think, really. He's talking about 
being innocent until proven guilty and things like that. And I have terrible news for you, Jim, that only that only happens, that only exists uh, in the court of law when there are legal issues at hand. Uh the Constitution and due process and all of that really doesn't protect you from private entities. We talked to Thomas about it last week about due process and who is uh, legally obligated to be a part of due process and or, or take part in due process. And unless you're acting as an agent of the state or the state itself, you really have no obligation to due process and it's the same thing. You know, I hear people all the time like, oh, it's my First Amendment rights. It's like, yes, you're not going to go to prison for the stupid thing that you said. But that doesn't mean that your employer can't fire you for the stupid thing you said. It's the same dynamic here. The, the, uh, the legal ramifications only protect you from being put in prison or being prosecuted for whether it's the the cheating scandal at Michigan or your First Amendment rights or whatever, right? Maybe it should protect you from other things as well. That's a different discussion for probably a different program and some lawyers. But the fact is, it doesn't protect you from being suspended by the Big Ten because the Big Ten isn't the government and you're not going to prison for whatever you did, Jim Harbaugh. So I'm sorry to break it to you. You get no protection under the law outside of like wrongful termination and guess what you cheated so and you haven't been terminated so i don't know what to tell you jim but innocent until proven guilty really doesn't apply here um we appreciate the our friends on the youtube stream where you can find us streaming live every morning you can also uh find us on twitter or wherever you get uh your podcasts bald book tuber uh, it says Harbaugh and the entire Michigan team embracing this role as victims is pathetic and laughable. Yeah, it's I mean, it really feels like they're trying to play this thing as if they're the ones that have been wronged here. Like, oh, look how look how the big, bad, mean Big Ten is treating us. Aren't we? Isn't it terrible? No one feels bad for you, Michigan. You cheated. Like whether it's a dumb rule or not, or whether it only is even possible because archaic college football rules don't allow you to have technology in your helmets to speak to one another without having to signal in plays with you know Daffy Duck and and the Looney Tunes on on giant play cards like yeah it's there's a lot of dumb things happening that lead to this but the fact of the matter is uh, nobody else is filmed on other people's sidelines or uh, buying tickets in their own names to sporting events that they are not supposed to be at. This is a really pretty cut and dry situation with Michigan and they're trying to I don't know if they like hired a PR firm and they're trying to spin it or what exactly, but whatever they're doing, it's stupid and I think it's making people hate them more, which is tough to do cuz people kind of hate Michigan already. Uh there's a very there's a very pretentious attitude that Michigan tends to give off and I think that's part of the reason why we enjoy this scandal so much is there's a definite like holier than thou attitude that Michigan has always given off like oh we're above the fray and above reproach it's like oh no you're as bad if not worse than everyone uh so those and it's kind of you know I'm sure you know people like this you're innocent until proven guilty 
Yeah, except you're not, Jim. You're not. If somebody accuses you of murder, then yes, you're innocent until proven guilty. If somebody says, hey, you broke these... You're innocent until proven guilty. Hey, somebody says you you broke these Big Ten rules about scouting and filming opponents and whatever, uh, you know, it's kind of whatever the Big Ten wants to do. That's how it works. The Big Ten cannot throw you in jail. Therefore, they don't have to say you're innocent until proven guilty. That's pretty much how it works. Um, But no, I think people really kind of relish in the fact that Michigan is in this, and honestly, they're in this poor light because of their own actions, and I think people really enjoy it because of how uh, condescending Michigan is to the rest of the world, and especially the rest of college athletics. I think they think of themselves as sort of an Ivy League school that's also good at athletics. Well, guess, well, guess what? You're not in the Ivy League. If you want to go be in the Ivy League, go over, go over there and, and don't give out scholarships and have a good time and don't make all the Big Ten money. Oh, you don't want to do that? Okay, cool. Then stop complaining and, and quit acting like you're better than everybody else. You're the exact same. I get that you have a good law school. Nobody in the Big Ten cares about that. Uh, so there's plenty of stuff with Harbaugh. I just, after I heard that clip, I just had to get a little, a couple, two cents in there. You're innocent. Uh, Thomas on YouTube asks, and listen, I, I didn't bring this up. Shane, I want you to mark it down here. I did not bring up Creighton basketball at 7 o'clock in the morning. Thomas did. I'm you're just, innocent until proven guilty. I'm just uh, I'm I'm answering the questions of the people. Uh, Thomas asked, "Is Creighton like more likely to hit their um, is more likely to hit their over in points or hold their opponents to the under?" I think it's definitely more likely they're going to hit the over in points. Uh, this team is an offensive juggernaut. It appears uh, through two games, which is a very small sample size, to be granted. But um, I think they're going to have a way easier time scoring points. Uh, not that I think they're going to have a hard time. Uh, stopping teams at all, but the offense, I think, is ahead of the defense. Um, did you guys hit the over yesterday on the uh, length of the uh, press conference? I did. The so Mavril press conference. After the show, I don't think we did this on the air. We did not. Okay, so after the show, we were at guessing how long Coach Rule's press conference would be, and uh, I set the over-under at 35.5, in which case I would have taken the over, but Andrew set the over-under at 38.5, in which case I took the it was under thirty six forty three, and so I nailed both of those. I'm gonna I'm gonna call the same game parlay. Call our friends at Warhorse. See if I can cash that in. I would cash it. <laughs> yes, uh, but no, we we've got plenty of uh, rule audio to get to uh, as well. Uh, Ryan on YouTube in re- reference to Michigan says a bunch of bullies, pure and simple. And Thomas says it's even dumber idea to portray yourself as a victim when you don't deny wrongdoing. Yeah, he makes a good point there, Michigan. <clears throat> has you're yet. innocent until proven guilty. No, you're not, Jim. Uh, Michigan has yet to actually said they say they didn't do this, which is the funniest thing about all of it is they're not like, oh, yeah, we didn't do this. He was acting alone, anything like that. They're just like, I mean, why would we listen to a low-level staffer when there's video of him talking to coordinators during games? It's kind of hilarious. Um, and a good point there by TK. We appreciate everybody chiming in on the YouTube channel. Um, coming up on the show today, and we'll get to, uh, I do want to get to Texas A&M a little bit because I think people think that's a better job than maybe it is. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into that for sure. Uh, we've got, like I said, a ton of stuff with the rule audio to get to for everything from questioning and being critical of coaches to who the quarterback is going to be, uh, coming up at eight, 
We're going to talk to our guy, the college football professor, Adam McClintock. Always super right good stuff from Adam. And as we get into kind of coaching silly season here, um, going to be even uh, better in terms of the timing of getting Adam on here. I might, I mean, Shane, just a heads up, as we get into uh, coaching silly season, I might want to talk to Adam just like every week. Oh, that's okay. All right, good. Are, are there any other uh, – are the top two professions where, where, where the silly season happens, where mm-hmm. people kind of jump chairs, kind of jump ship? Is it is it broadcasting and is it coaching? Ooh, it's definitely or sports. It's definitely coaching more than broadcasting. I know people move around a lot in broadcasting. In broadcasting, but we see it with the TV stations, we see it with the radio stations. Yeah, we see it at the newspaper. But generally, in broadcasting, unless you do something like horribly idiotic, like Tom Brenneman or somebody, um, the usually you don't get fired in broadcasting just for not being very good at your job. You get fired if you, like, swear on the air or you use a slur or something like that. But that doesn't happen a ton. Usually in broadcasting, they kind of let your contract run out and then you go sign somewhere else if they don't like you. But in coaching, people get fired all the time. So it's even more dramatic in coaching because you've got even more changeover. Um, broadcasting is a good one, though. There's, there is uh, a decent amount of change in broadcasting. Uh, we had our guys Joe Buck and Troy Aikman move from Fox to the ESPN um, right. So you get, I mean, you get a decent amount of movement, but generally people don't get fired at the same rate as they do in coaching. So I would say coaching is still uh, a little bit more dramatic. But I don't know that there's one that's closer to coaching than broadcasting is. So that's a fair point. You're innocent until proven guilty. Still no, Jim. Um, so we're going to get to Adam McClintock at 8. We're going to talk to our Tuesday friend, Mike Schaefer, at 9 from Husker 24-7. And then at 9.45, we're going to talk to Jim Polzine from the Wisconsin State Journal, start getting our preview of the Badgers uh, going here. Uh, middle of the show, we are planning to do Hurt at Hot Seat if Andrew's back by then. Uh, if he's not, then uh, we're just going to put Shane in the hot seat, and he's going to have to answer my questions. So With arms wide open. With arms wide open. See, he's he's looking forward to it, loves being on the show. No, um, <laughs> not really at all. Let's get into the rule audio uh, before, or some of the things Rule brought up in his audio before uh, we get into some of the other stuff like Texas A&M. Uh, first thing, first and foremost, I, I think the quarterback position is the thing that we've all been thinking about. You know, I asked Andrew about it yesterday. I was leaning towards, I think it's going to be Chuba. Nothing that he, that Rule said yesterday changed my mind about that. Uh, I did see the official depth chart. We have a official double or situation so it's Heinrich or Jeff or Chuba listed as the starting quarterback um, on the official University of Nebraska depth chart so that's something I don't know what but it is something I don't think Heinrich's gonna play Uh, with the way they were talking about the ankle the high ankle sprain we saw with Jeff Sims with his high ankle sprain earlier in the year uh, he wasn't even really available for a couple games much less a hundred percent with the way Heinrich's game is if he can't run then I you really can't put him out there he is not a good enough passer to be uh to take away his run threat and and not and feel any kind of good about the way that that you put him in the game and then so I think it's between Chuba and Jeff and I'm just being totally honest here 
I'm not sure how you can put Jeff Sims back in a football game in a non-emergency situation at this point. Um, the level of I, the level of erosion that's happened with the confidence in Jeff Sims, I don't think that can just be isolated to fans. That ha- I mean, I understand fans and coaches and other players think differently. Does it have to be an injury? For, to get him in? I think so. I think it would have to be, hey, no one else is available. You need to go play. I don't know that you can put him in there. After an interception or two or three? No. I, I mean, I, it would have to be, especially considering how many turnovers he's been responsible for, I think you'd have to have a, like, Bo Davis versus Texas Tech level of offensive ineptitude in order to even consider putting Jeff Sims in the game again because Jeff Sims has almost been a Bo Davis level of ineptitude on offense. Um, If you're not familiar with that reference, go look it up. It's possibly the worst quarterback stat line I've ever seen in my life. The guy played, I think, like three series, had three turnovers. I think he had two picks and a fumble in like four dropbacks. It's crazy. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, so for the older fans like me that remember year one of Bill Callahan, uh, the name Bo Davis holds a special, horrifying place in our hearts. Um, and I'm sure he's a nice person. I never met him, and so this is not anything against him. But uh, you would have to be in a really bad situation, I think, at this point to put Jeff Sims in the game, even though he is apparently the only one that is fully healthy, according to Rule, especially his last two substitute performances with the fumble that was returned for a touchdown and then the um the performance on Saturday against Maryland I just I really don't think you can feel any kind of good about putting Jeff Sims in there at this point and that leaves Chuba who I get through the interception on the goal line I also don't think they put him in a very good position to be successful, and he still was reasonably successful. Uh, I mean, if you remember, he took over that drive inside his own five-yard line, drove them all the way down the field, and then from the sounds of it, the route was not run properly um, by Kemp and, and Coleman. sounds like Kemp was supposed to go further to the corner. Coleman was supposed to clear. Uh, Kemp and Coleman were both supposed to clear their their defenders earlier than they did, and it left for a bit of a muddled look uh, for Purdy. So, listen, he still has to take responsibility for that throw because I'm, I'm not sure it was still a, a good throw. But I do think he looked the best of the three quarterbacks on, on Saturday, even in a limited sample size. And if Heinrich's not available, which I don't think he is, I know they're going to play this thing probably pretty close to the vest and and take it down to the wire for game time on Saturday. But high ankle sprain with the way Heinrich Harburg plays, I don't think it's reasonable to try and put him out there. And I just, from a psychological standpoint, for the team, for the coaches, for Jeff, for the other players, and, and frankly for the fan base, I don't know that you can continue putting Jeff Sims back out there uh, in, the, in the condition that he's been playing. Uh, I, I just... Mentally, I, I don't know that that's something that you can do, which leaves Chubba. That leaves Chubba Purdy, who, again, he said's a little banged up, but it didn't sound like it was a specific injury. It sounded honestly more just like Chubba was sore from having his first game action uh, in about a year. So that, to me, is where we're at with the quarterback situation. I, 
and, and frankly, I think I, I think Chubba's the right way to go, even if you weren't forced into that situation um, with the injuries. I think starting Chubba, giving him first-team reps in practice this week and giving him an opportunity to actually be successful uh, with some reps under his belt is, I think, the right thing to do. You know, we, we haven't seen a ton of Chubba. I know he started a couple of games last year. I, I know I didn't love what I saw from him when he was at Florida State. Uh, but Coach Rule made a pretty good point yesterday that, you know, quarterback's one of those positions where you have to kind of find any sort of rhythm. And really, Chubba Purdy's never had that opportunity. He's been spot starter here, uh, spot series there never really been the guy or gotten extended first-team reps in practice. So it's worth seeing what you have there, I think, over the last couple games. Uh, Thomas chimes in on YouTube. Jeff Sims is definitely pure emergency QB. I would throw in Luke Longvall before him. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I, I think he, is, he has to be an emergency quarterback. I, I, don't know, I don't know how you can look your team in the face and, and throw him in there. Um. I don't know how you could continue to put him in there and uh, and be able to look your team in the eye and and say that you care about the things that you say you care about, um, unless they know it's an emergency situation. Um, going back to our conversation about uh, jobs with a ton of turnover, uh, Grant on Twitter brings up a good point. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at R-A-Lula. He says, in the regular world, you see a tremendous amount of turnover in sales departments. That's true. I've been in a sales department. Um, so I, I do know that is true. I was not very good at it. I don't know if you, that surprises you, Shane. I'm not a sale. I'm not a natural salesman. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. And that's a great, uh, I'm glad he brought that up because I was wondering that. Yeah, that, uh, that's a good one. There's also a ton of, I only know this because my wife is in the culinary world. There's a pretty good amount of turnover in the culinary industry as well. Uh, people hop around quite a bit, so uh, good call out there, Grant. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, I, I, I think so. Um, the other Dave, I don't know who the first Dave is, but the other Dave on YouTube uh, asks, "Did Sims already burn his red shirt?" Yeah. So the the game against Maryland was his fifth appearance of the season, I believe. So that would be because um, he played the previous week as well, or it was against. Purdue or Michigan State. I'm having a hard time remembering. But then he also took the one snap when Harburg got a little banged up in uh, one of the games before that as well. So uh, Sims has played in five games. Uh, now the one game he did just play the one snap, so maybe they could try and appeal it or whatever and get a medical red shirt. I, I, but as the rule is is stated, he has burned his red shirt. So. Um, that should not be a factor moving forward in whether or not Sims plays. What should be a factor is that he's been very, very bad at football. Yeah, um, I haven't thought about it. I've, I, I haven't stopped thinking about it, Coach Rule. It's all I can think about. Day after day after day. Exactly. Um, so that's, that's where the quarterback situation currently sits. Uh, I think it needs to be Chubba Purdy. Uh, Heinrich Harburg would be, I, I think, not available. I, I really don't think Heinrich is available this week. Uh, considering the nature of his injury and the nature of the way he plays football. so And that would leave you with Jeff Sims as the backup. And you hope to dear God you don't have to see that uh, this upcoming week against Wisconsin. 
Uh, coming up next, I do want to get into some thoughts on the Texas A&M job because I think people look at it as a really good job, and there's parts of it that are, uh, but I don't think it's as good of a job as maybe we think it is. Uh, all that and more coming up next here on Herd at Sports Radio.